If you got the time, I'm ready to speak my mind. This is the She Speaks Her Mind weekly podcast. up this is your girl amber nicole bryant and you're tuned in to season one episode three of the she speaks her mind weekly podcast and this week i'm discussing sex scandals in the church and how you should deal with them when the news drops so if you got the time i'm ready to speak my mind let's get into it what's up this is your girl amber bryant and you're listening to season one episode three of the she speaks her mind weekly podcast And I'm talking about sex scandals in the church and what you as a believer, a saint, Christian, whatever you call yourself as a follower of Jesus to do when the news drops. So let's get into this episode. (sighs) First and foremost, I'm not a gossiper, so I'm not coming to you with the salacious news in a sense to break down every morsel of what happened. I'm going to give you an overview, and then I'm going to speak my mind about the situation, because that's what I do. First and foremost, unless you've been living under a rock or a cave, David Wilson from Texarkana, Texas, who is the pastor of, let me get my notes out, guys. Got to get my notes. He is the pastor of Bible Way Ministries and Word World Outreach, okay? So he's been a pastor for over 32 years, been married. He is a leader in his community. He's a leader of the Black Chamber of Commerce in Texarkana. Supposedly he has his own consulting business. So he kind of is a well-known figure down in Texarkana. So this is very unfortunate for the business owners that work with him, for his church congregation. I mean, his family, his wife, for this scandal to break. But the scandal is that A video surfaced online last week, I think about last Wednesday or Thursday, of a sex tape with him um, performing oral sex on the lady. Obviously, the lady wasn't his wife. It has later been revealed that the lady is a member of his church. Her name is Corinthia Edwards, and she happens to be the daughter of his best friend's wife. Yes, it has been confirmed that she is the daughter of his best friend friend's wife so it's a very unfortunate situation it's a messed up situation I mean for the wife to find out that somebody you probably treated as a goddaughter like one of your own daughters your best friend's daughter is the one that basically released a sex tape with you and your husband who happens to be a pastor so it's a hot mess so that is the details that I know and that's for as the details I'm going to give you. I'm not giving you any further details past that. So that's what you get. Take that. You want to know more research. Now, I want to talk about just sex scandals in general in the church. Sex scandals really affect the church in ways other scandals don't. A lot of people think the biggest scandal is money scandals. And I don't think so. When I say money scandals, like these pastors that, you know, remember the whole thing with, um, Creflo Dollar buying the plane and all of that stuff and that type of stuff, it rocks the Christian church, but it doesn't rock it as much as a sex scandal. I will never forget when the news broke about Bishop Eddie Long um, and his sex scandal. That really, really shook up the church world. I mean, because he was a well-known pastor. He was like on Bishop Jake's level for his in the African-American community. So for a scandal of that nature, 
to come out about him. It really, really was devastating. Um, Bishop Noel, uh, Noel Jones in California, he's had several uh, sex scandals come out about him. You have Jamal Bryan, who's had several scandals. You've had the guy Joshua Holmes, who's had uh, sex scandals. I mean, I literally can take a whole day just going on and on about sex scandals. I mean, the biggest sex scandal to me that Christians should be aware of, if you're not aware of, is the well-known pastor, gospel artist, gospel pioneer, James Cleveland in his homosexuality ring that he had, basically homosexual ring. He was running a homosexual ring. So basically in order to preach at his church, to sing in his choir, you had to perform sexual acts with him and his selected men. So it was a well-known fact that he was a flaming homosexual, but he wrote some of the greatest gospel songs that we'll ever know. So salacious, it's horrible, but it really rocks our community. And we have to figure out how to deal with this situation properly. When I heard the news, my heart broke immediately for the wife. It brought heartbreak for the church family, his you know, nuclear family, immediate family, extended family. I just felt a pain for them because this is a man of God and he's getting this honor in such a public way and it's humiliating. And it's just like, first of all, when that type of stuff happens, like I just joined a new church. So if I was to find that out about my pastor, because one thing about my pastor, he always says, you know what I'm saying? It's about the fruit. What fruit are they producing? So my thing is, it don't matter what sermons he say up Sunday, Wednesday, or when he goes out to preach at other church. Is he living what he's preaching? And based on this sex tape, he's not. He is not producing the fruit that he's teaching others to produce, that he's teaching them, you know, to live by. He's not living by the word of God. He is committing adultery, obviously. Um, now, I have not watched the video, but some people say some of the articles I read that it was clear to him that he was being recorded. Like he knew he was being recorded. First of all, if you're a Christian really believer, you shouldn't even be watching this sex tape to get these details. I got these details on gossip blogs, but I don't want to hear of any of my friends talking about me. I watched the tape and it was him and he knew that's, you shouldn't even be watching the tape first and foremost. You should not be watching. Now I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to keep it all the way real. When that R. Kelly uh, take came out back in the day, I didn't watch it immediately, but I did watch it a few years later because the curiosity came to me. and I wanted to know if it was really him and God lead Jesus. It was him. So I'm pretty sure that's him. I don't need to watch the tape to know that that's that man in the tape. But my Jesus, I mean, to have a sex tape floating. Now, let's talk about the lady. I'm not going to call her a victim, but the lady in the video because my heart goes out to her. So Miss Corinthia Edwards. Supposedly, she posted the video um, because he had hurt her. There's a rumor surfing that she basically was mad because he didn't give her the lead choir position. If you think that's the reason why this girl released a sex tape to humiliate him and basically ruin her life, you're crazy. She was his little lover probably for years. And I don't know if she just formed in his mind that he was going to leave his wife like these crazy women do. And he was very uh, adamant that he wasn't. So she released the sex tape, basically jeopardizing not only her, I mean, not only his careers, but hers as well. So she basically needs deliverance. She needs help. Um, I'm not going to shame her because the Bible says you without sin cast the first stone. So I'm not going to judge this woman. I mean, people are going in on her. I'm not going to judge her. And I'm not going to judge him 
to the point where I'm just going to crucify him. You know, I did that in the past. I remember there was a sex scandal about a pastor where I'm from here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I remember just going in on him. And now I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to let God deal with him. But one thing I do believe about pastors, which I'll talk about in the next segment of this podcast, what should be done exactly when these things break out, what the church should do. And then I'm going to go into the last segment with the word of God says, because we need to understand what the word of God says. So I'm just talking off the dome right now. Just my initial thoughts on the situation, just speaking my mind because it is just like mind boggling. But yeah, so I don't even know if he's, you know, still pastoring at the church, what's going on. All the gossip blogs are just talking about the sex tape. They're not talking about what's going on. I'm pretty sure someone will do a follow-up story to figure out exactly what he's doing now. But far as of right now, um, it's just pretty much he's in that state of just pure shame, embarrassment. Now, the woman going back to her again, um, I don't know what she was thinking. Like I said, because not only did she mess up his reputation, his character, his life, she won her own. Because it took nothing but 0.5 seconds for the internet research team to figure out who she was. Because in the video, they say her face wasn't shown. So it was like, okay, 0.5 seconds and people found out who you are, but only knowing just your one body part. So that means he had been having an affair with her for a while. And I believe members in the church had knew about this. And that's how the information was able to be able to be discovered so quickly. So it's crazy. This is my thing. And this is the thing I want you to keep in mind. When these things come out, these sex scandals, you need to look at them from a spiritual perspective. I used to be a bad person. That's why I took on this story because I feel like I'm redeeming myself in a sense. The one that would talk so bad about the pastors, so bad about the people involved that he was cheating with, not realizing that, guess what? You know what I mean? This man or this woman needs deliverance, right? Now, they need to step down, but they need deliverance, okay? I remember when the John Gray story came out. I was so hurt because I really liked John Gray. I thought he was a good pastor, um, you know what I'm saying? Just an overall good guy was my impression. So when his sex scandal came out and the woman came with them receipts and I was just like heartbroken because again, the message I'm trying to tell you when that type of stuff happens, how can we win souls out in the world? If the leaders of our church, the pastors, the bishops, the apostles, the prophets, if they're doing the same thing that the people out in the world doing, right? They over here have an undercover sexual rings at their churches they're out here on the down low they're out here having salacious affairs i love the word salacious guys i'm gonna use this throughout this podcast salacious i love it yeah so they using they just doing everything that the world's doing so it's just like god man (sighs) it just broke my heart with pastor john gray and um I didn't try to judge him too much. I, by that time, I've kind of learned my lesson, but I definitely felt like um, it wasn't handled properly. So I'm about to talk about in the next segment how, as Christian believers, how we should handle when the news drops.
right, we are in and into the second segment of this podcast. Where I'm going to tell you as a Christian believer what you should do. Now, say for instance, this news comes out and it's your pastor. It's your pastor all over media takeout. It's your pastor all over boss up um, and media takeout, not media takeout in the shade room. Your pastor. This is what you need to do. First and foremost, you need to pray. You need to pray and you need to ask the Holy Spirit for clarity on what you should individually do and what the body of members should do, okay? You need to pray because the difference between this situation, there was actual evidence produced. This wasn't an allegation made. See, there's differences when there's allegations made because some allegations are true, some allegations are false. So when there's no proof, you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you if this is indeed true, you know, not that you're trying to be nosy and like, Lord, give me the tea. You are praying to the Lord and say, Lord, as a member of this church, and this is the leader that you've called to shepherd me, if that's even the leader that he called to shepherd you, because some of y'all at churches, y'all have no business being in, okay? Somebody going to get delivered today. If the Lord did not lead you to that church and you didn't get clarification, then you ain't supposed to be at that church. Just because that's the popular church in the town doesn't mean that's the church you're supposed to join. Uh, I don't know who's going to uh, catch that word, but somebody going to catch it. In two ways, back on the podcast. So, yes, you need to get clarification and clarity and confirmation that this stuff is true. Because if it's true, there's a way you need to approach it, okay? Because not everybody that makes a sex allegation against a pastor is actually being truthful. They could be trying to ruin his name, which is, it could be a form of spiritual warfare, different attack. So you got to know if it's true. Now, in this case, you got a sex tape out. So it's true. You know what I mean? You ain't that much asking of the Holy Spirit you need to do. I mean, it's true. Okay. So in a situation like this, you just found that your pastor is having an affair on his wife with a female, male, whatever. We, we ain't even going to go into that, but they didn't have an affair. So you still need to pray, even if you know it's true, and you need to pray for him. And you need to pray for the person that he's having an affair with. Because what's basically going on right now, there needs to be a form of deliverance for both of them. Obviously, your pastor is dealing with the spirit of sexual perversion, adultery, if he's married, uh, she's married because there are women pastors out there, and the spirit of lust. So there, he needs deliverance. Nobody... Um, is above needing deliverance, not even pastors, okay? The second thing you need to do is that you need to figure out what the church is going to do. If the church allows him, and when I say the church, like the member, the board of the church, if they allow him or her to continue pastoring after it's been proven that he is having an affair, then you need to leave that church for the simple fact that I'm not saying that that person can't be redeemed, okay? That person can totally be redeemed. But at the time and the news drop that this person is having an affair or allegations are brought against them, whether they've been pr proven true or false, I think the pastor needs to just step back for a while. Okay, he needs to step back, have his associate pastors preach and kind of take over the leadership. Why this things get cleared. OK, and a lot of people say, well, if it's false, you know, that that's a spiritual attack. Why he got to step back from his job? Yes, he needs to step back from his job 
and he needs to let the Lord fight his battle if he's indeed or she indeed is telling the truth, okay? You don't have to go out there and do a press conference or try to defend yourself. The Lord says this is his battle. He will defend you. So if that person is being honest and true, they need to step back and let the lies fall down. You know what I'm saying? Let the cards fall where they may because if the allegations are false, it's going to get revealed that they're false. So he shouldn't be out there going out and trying to fight it with words, but he definitely shouldn't be in the pulpit. You know what I mean? You just... I can't, nobody's going to take you seriously, right? Like, I couldn't take my pastor seriously, especially if I knew the evidence was true, like he had a sex tape. I mean, I think I need you to go sit down. So you need to make a good choice that you are going to kind of step away if the pastor, if the allegations are true and they've been proven true. You need to step away. You shouldn't be involved with that. Secondly, um, you need to do some soul searching within your spirit because one thing I love, and I'm a big Yella Van Zandt fan, okay? And a lot of people are like, well, you know, you shouldn't be a Christian listening to Yella Van Zandt, whatever. I love Yella Van Zandt. And she's taught me Bonzant, whatever you want to call it, I whatever. <laughs> Guys, I be butchering her name. Sometimes I get it right on the money and then sometimes I just be killing it. And I know today I'm killing it. But yeah, one thing she said is that, you know, you know, if your pastor is flirtatious, you know, lustful, you know, when those type of allegations come out, even if it's like up in the air, if it's true, based on their mannerisms and characteristics, you, you kind of know deep down in your heart and your spirit if it's true, right? Because you have a lot of, especially in the black African-American community, there's a lot of flirtatious, especially these Southern pastors. And I'm pretty sure it happens in other regions of the country, but these old Southern flirtatious pastors are something else something else so if you got a pastor that's one of them type pastors and some news drop come on now you know it's probably true because he was probably trying to flirt with you you know what i'm saying based some kind of you know uncomfortable sexual kind of remarks to you or touch you kind of inappropriately or whatever and you stayed so the soul searching or spirit searching needs to be why was i even continuing to be under the leadership of a lustful power pastor because what's at the head runs down to the congregation okay so if you have a leader that's lustful that's the spirit that's running rampant in the church so if you have a spirit a pastor that is righteous and holy that's the spirit that's going to carry in the church I'm not saying everybody at the church gonna be holy and righteous but that's the overall spirit you're gonna have a few bad apples but if you got a pastor that's lustful that's full of sexual perversion committing adultery, doing all of this, more than likely members of his immediate cabinet, deacons, associate pastors probably are doing the same. And if they are true men of God uh, and have a spirit of discernment, they know what's going on. So for them to sit there under the leadership of a pastor that they know is having affairs and doing all these different things on his wife, that's problematic within itself. So you need to really, really get within yourself when this comes out and be like, should I continue going to a church you know what i'm saying even if they get another associate pastor to preach and take over with this type of stuff going on in it because it's a spirit and basically the whole church need to be in a sense of delivered from this okay especially if you knew the pastor was that flirtatious type of pastor so yeah when that sex scandal breaks you should be kind of like mm, not really too surprised now if you had this pastor that was you know really really kind of you felt kind of holy and righteous and don't put your pastor on a pedestal but i'm saying like these allegations shocked you 
to your core and you're like, Lord, I can't believe it. It may be, may not be true, but I'm just saying you basically felt like those are just not characteristics of your particular pastor. Then it's a little bit different, right? Because like I said, these could be false allegations, but what you need to do is really, really ask clarification and clarity from the Holy Spirit. So ask God, Lord, should I stay or should I go? But you need to make a decision. You don't need to just be like, I'm riding it out. No, because again, you don't know what type of spirit is circulating and you don't need to be under the leadership of sexual perverse men and women of God. Okay. Uh, Men and women of God that refuse to allow God to deliver them. Okay. Now the second part of this segment is what I feel like the pastor should do. If the allegations prove to be true, what I feel like the pastor should do is step down, step down. I'm going to say it one more time. Step down, step, step down and sit down, step down and sit your butt down somewhere. When those allegations, when um, John Gray came out and it was proven true, that woman came out there with receipts. He had just got that church relentless. He should have set his butt down somewhere. I know he just got his church and it's horrible to just open a church and have these allegations come out. But baby, it was true. Him and his wife went up there and they tried to shame the woman, calling her a strange woman, getting the scripture from the Proverbs and the Bible, whatever. She might be a strange woman, but your husband was a dirty man and he messed with her. Okay, so I believed in my heart, in my spirit that John should have set his butt down somewhere and not only have set down, but did some soul searching, took a sabbatical and really tried to get himself delivered because going and bashing the other woman is not a form of deliverance. How dare you bash this other woman when you was wrong? Not one time did he take accountability in any of the things he's talked about for this affair of his actions. He's always that this woman seduced me. So, that let you know he has not got deliverance. He has not been redeemed from that situation. And if you are a member of his church, I hope somebody is a member of his church and I dare them to come to me because we can go debate off this. You know, as Christians, we shouldn't be debating like that. But what I'm saying, I can give you the word of God, which I'm going to give you the word of God in this next segment. You should not be continuing going to his church because this man has not got deliverance. Apostle Paul would have the uh, beginning church, the early church, kick people out, okay? He would kick them out when they was full of sin. We didn't, they didn't play that game. And it's not that they did that to embarrass them, but he kicked them out and then he would allow them to come back in later after he felt like they went and got themselves together. So they kick you out and basically make you take a sabbatical so you can work on that sin. And they pray for you. It wasn't like they were just saying, you're a bad apple, get out of here. They're like, no, I think basically you need to step down from your position and get some help, you know, get with God, pray fast, do whatever you got to do, get some deliverance, and then we'll welcome you back. And that's pretty much what I feel what needs to happen with these pastors. You need to sit down somewhere and we welcome you back. So when Bishop Eddie Long's scandal broke out and they came out with them receipts with him, he didn't step down. Lord, they didn't came out with so many receipts about your boy, Jamal Bryant. It don't even make no darn sense with Bishop Noel Jones. I mean, a lot of these pastors have had their um, accusers come out with the receipts and they still get up at that church and preach. And the members are like, yeah, whatever. I cannot sit there under leadership, knowing my pastor was out there. It's a sex tape out there about him or 
he got text messages from the accusers and videos and just phone call recordings. It's just, I can't do that. And the fact that he won't take accountability about his actions lets me know that this is not the type of leadership that I need to be under. You can get the word of God at home until you find a leadership that basically follows the ways of the Lord, which is the word of God. Why would you be under the leadership of a man committing adultery and all this type of stuff? And the Lord basically says in his word that there will be no homemongers, adulterers, uh, homosexuals, and all of that in his church. All right. So if you're trying to live holy and righteous, why would you be under the leadership of somebody that's not living holy and righteous? I just want you to think about that. Right. So and then they won't even take accountability for their actions. You know what I'm saying? Which lets me know they're prideful. They won't even repent. I mean, what the pastor could do before he stepped down is just apologize to his wife. Number one, I mean, to God, his wife, his church family for letting them down. You just going to get up and just keep preaching like we just didn't see this sex type about you. Like we didn't just see these text messages about you, bro. So what we doing? So I'm saying that I really believe the pastor needs to sit his tail down somewhere and take a sabbatical. And if it's God's will for him to continue that leadership of that church or even get the leadership of another church, then God will lead and guide him back to the church. But right when a scandal drops, when it's true, and he knows it's true, even if the allegations um are still floating around if he know in his heart and spirit is true he needs to just come out and be clean and sit down somewhere so if you remember you need to pray continue praying for the deliverance pray for the accusers pray definitely for the spouses bless their hearts and um, pray for your church member and then ask the lord should you continue to be under the leadership of this church don't be one of those members that just be like yeah it's a rumor going around at my church again you don't need to be under that type of leadership if that is true okay you need to be somewhere else because i'm telling you what trickles from the head trickles down and there's no way the immediate associates pastors had no blues clues that this pastor was living his lifestyle because they're probably more than likely living it too. Okay. So just be aware. Okay. So we're going to go into the last segment of the podcast where I give you the word of God. So you can know what I'm saying. Isn't just me, you know, giving you my opinion with well, some of it is my opinion, but I also want to make sure I end with the spiritual perspective on all my podcasts. All right, beloved. So this is the last segment of the podcast. And this is where I give you the word of God because I cannot end without giving you the word of God. Just can't do it. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians in 5 and I'm reading the Passion Translation and it says immorality in the church. I'm going to be old school and kind of just read it to you for a little bit. It's been widely reported that there is gross sexual immorality among you. The kind of immorality that is so revolting is not even tolerated by the social norms of unbelievers, okay? Are you proud of the fact that one of your men is having sex with his stepmother? Shouldn't this be a heartbreaking scandal that brings you to your knees? Shouldn't it bring you into tears? You must remove the offender from among you. So before I finish the rest of the passage, first of all, scandals happen back in the Bible days, okay? When the church first started, there were sexual scandals. Here you have a man, we don't know what his position in the church was, but he's clearly having sex with his stepmother, okay? So, and he could just be a regular believer. But again, Apostle Paul was like, you should be 
you know, revolting, you should be impulsed. You know what I mean? You should be, um, you should not tolerate this in the church. He should be put out of the church. Okay. So that's how the Bible deals with sexual offenders. Okay. Those who practice sexual moralities. Apostle Paul was like, oh no, he knows better because obviously if you've been teaching him the word of God, he should know that that's a sin. It talks about that in the Old Testament. You should not sleep with your mother. Thus for that can apply obviously to your stepmother. So he's like that. So he's basically writing them this letter and I'm going to you know, summarize a little bit of it. And he was like, you know, um, you need to basically get rid of this man. So he says in 1 Corinthians 5, it says, release this man over to Satan for the destruction of his rebellious flesh and hope that his spirit may be rescued and restored in the day of the Lord. Let me read that one more time. Release this man over to Satan for the destruction of his rebellious flesh in hope that his spirit may be rescued and restored in the day of the Lord. So he's saying, put him out. And he's saying, let him deal with his sin let the enemy get him over but at the same time he's hoping the man basically gets judged and then repents from his sin right this is what he's saying and this is what i want to talk about for church members um not church members but pastors who basically allow their members like head members in their church who have been accused of sexual morality or them themselves it says in first corinthians five and six Boasting over your tolerance of sin is inappropriate. Don't you understand that even a small compromise with sin uh, hurts the entire fellowship just as a little leaven hurts a batch of dough? So remove every trace of your leaven that compromises with sin that you might become new and pure again. For indeed, you are clean because Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So we now celebrate our continual feast, not with the old leaven, the yeast, or wickedness or bitterness, but we feast on the freshly break, baked bread of innocence and holiness. So he's saying what I said earlier, that that little set of sin can corrupt the whole church. So when you know that your pastor is practicing sexual morality, having affairs and, and performing in different sexual acts. You need to put him out. You need to pray and ask God that, you know, he repents, a godly sorrowfulness comes over him. But if you allow him to continue preaching in that church and tenue his leadership, he's going to corrupt the whole church because that spirit is going to infuse itself into other people, other weak-minded Christians who are low in faith. They're going to think that's type of behavior is okay. So Apostle Paul was like, uh-uh, you shouldn't be tolerating this. And the fact that you would allow the pastor to still be in the church, he's basically saying you're boasting of your tolerance of sin and it's inappropriate. This is the Bible, guys. This is not me just giving my opinion. Now, this is the word of God, right? So this is what he said in 1 Corinthians 5 and 9. I wrote you my previous letter asking you not to associate with those who practice sexual immorality. Yet in no way was I referring to avoiding contact with unbelievers who are immoral, greedy, or swindlers, or those who worship other gods. For that would mean you would have to isolate yourself from the world entirely. But I'm now writing you to tell you that you would exclude from your fellowship anyone who calls himself. Listen, listen, guys. So he's saying, I need you to go out and win souls. So I understand that the unbelievers is doing these things. So I'm not saying associate, no, isolate yourself from them or not associate yourself with them because I want you to go win their soul to Christ. So I want you to go over there and not get caught up in what they're doing, but help them come out of that scene, okay? But on the other hand, he is saying that I'm writing you now that you would exclude from your fellowship anyone who calls himself a 
fellow believer and practices sexual immorality or is consumed with greed or is an idolater. Um, idolater. I cannot say that word, guys. Or verbally abusive or a drunkard or a swindler. So he's basically saying if this person is a believer and they're engaging in that type of stuff, they represent the church in a bad light. I ain't talking about an unbeliever who ain't gave themselves to Christ. I'm talking about a person who has given themselves over to Christ. You need to put that person out and they need to get themselves together. And you can open them, you know, bring them back with open arms. But right now, if they want to be out publicly sinning and talking about they're a Christian, no, nah, we don't allow this. This is You ain't no believer. Uh-uh. He's saying get them out. He says don't even mingle with them or have a meal with someone like that. What right do I have to pronounce judgment on unbelievers? So he's basically saying they're unbelievers. So that's what they do. They don't, they haven't given their life over to Christ. He said, that's God's responsibility. Let me say that one more. He said, what right do I have to pronounce judgment on the unbelievers? That's God's responsibility. But those who are inside of the church family are responsible to discern and judge. So it is your duty to remove that wicked one from among you. Ooh, that was good to me. Let me read that one more time. It says, but those who are inside the church family are responsible and it's their responsibility to discern and judge the members inside the church. So it is your duty to remove that wicked one from among you. Let me tell you something. Let me close on this. Ooh, I feel like, you know, I want to preach or whatever. I, you know, I got a little preaching spirit in me, but I ain't going to do it. He basically saying that Christians do have the right to judge. We have the right to judge each other. We don't have the right to judge an unbeliever. So no, we shouldn't be going around judging Nicki Minaj because Nicki Minaj in the world. So whatever she do, we shouldn't be surprised with it. But somebody that called himself Bishop Archbishop, who's sitting around going here, got sex tapes out in the atmosphere in the world, we should be judging them because you call yourself a representative of Christ. So anybody he says that calls himself a representative of Christ, and he's not talking about position. Now, one time did he say pastor, bishop? He's talking about anybody, anybody. He's talking about me. If I'm around here calling myself a Christian and it has been basically brought out to the whole world, to the church, that I'm out here living an ungodly lifestyle, fornicating and getting it on, he's saying that I need to be put out the church because he's saying I'm representing God in a bad light, in the church in the bad light. I mean, that's what they did in the Old Testament. They ain't played it. You with that lifestyle, you can abide here today, today. So what I'm saying to you is that this is the word of God. This is 1 Corinthians 5. And this is the Passion Translation, okay? So if anybody wants to go back and read it, 1 Corinthians 5, this is the Passion Translation. So I want to read that last statement one more time. I want this to um, really get deep down in your spirit. But those who are inside of the church family are responsible. And it's their responsibility to discern and judge. So it is your duty to remove that wicked one from among you. He says, don't even associate with those who practice sexual morality that are, you know, not even sexual morality. He goes into this passage talking about those that are, you know what I'm saying? Greed, selfish, verbally abusive, you know what I'm saying? Drunk, greed, just, he goes on and on and on. He said that shouldn't even be brought among you in the church. That shouldn't even be allowed to go on. And this person is in the church. So if he wouldn't allow it for the average member, you definitely shouldn't be allowing it for your pastor. So my beloveds, I just want to say this. When sex scandals break out, you need to pray. You need to pray for that person, that pastor. You need to pray for the accusers. You need to pray for their immediate family. You need to pray for their church family. And you need to pray for the body of Christ as a whole, that healing can come to us. Because when these type of scandals come out, the unbelievers that we're trying to win, they don't want to come to us. We have no authority and leg to stand on anymore because they feel like, hey, they're doing the same thing we do. So why should we come in there? So what I'm saying, loves, don't get caught up in the gospel. 
Don't get caught up in the gossip, <laughs> the gospel. Get caught up in the gospel, Lord Jesus. Don't get caught up in the gossip. So this is season one, episode three, Sex Scandals in the Church. I'm wrapping it up. Guys, thank you guys for always for listening. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor. You can subscribe on Google Podcasts and you can subscribe on Spotify. Please share this with your friends and family members. I always share it on my Instagram page, Facebook. You can share it from whatever platform you're listening for. Please give me thumbs up, likes, comment. You know, help this podcast really grow. I love doing this. I love speaking my mind, but I also love in teaching the word of God as well. So again, season one, episode three, Sex Scandals in the Church, Speaks Her Mind podcast. It just went down. So thank you guys for listening as always. And uh, let's let the discussions happen. I'm ready to hear you guys' comments. So make sure you um, send me um, your feedback, your opinion. All right.